Hey, what's up, everyone? Drew here, and I hope you're having a great day. Thank you for checking out our podcast, 108 North. This is the college podcast for First Baptist Statesboro. And I want to take a quick moment before we dive into the episode to say, uh, if you happen to be a college student in Statesboro, whether you're going to Georgia Southern, Ogeechee Tech, or something in between, you're looking for a community and a church to plug into, we would love for you to come hang out with us at First Baptist. We're downtown, big church, 108 North Main Street. May look a little intimidating from the outside, uh, but we would love love for you to come and worship with us and to learn how to grow. We're all about equipping and making disciples. So we have worship services at 8.30 and 11 o'clock every Sunday morning. And in between those at 9.45, we have a college gathering, uh, Bible study that we'd love for you to come join and hang out with. And then if you can't make that for some reason on Wednesday night, uh, we have a college large group gathering that gathers at 6.30 as well. So love for you guys to come hang out with us. If you want more information, there's notes in the show notes and details and links. Uh, and you can always reach out to me. So hope you're having a great day. Thank you for listening on with the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to 108 North. My name is Drew. I am your host. I'm also the college pastor here at FBC Borough in Statesboro, Georgia. I get to hang out with a bunch of awesome students at Georgia Southern University. And with me, man, I got my bro, James. What's up, buddy? What's going on, Drew? How are you, man? I'm doing well. I'm just happy to be hanging out with you guys. Hey, man, I am fully caffeinated right now. I know. So I may be talking a lot. Yeah, so. let's 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 do it. I love some coffee and caffeine. Absolutely. I have this knack, for better or worse, that my default tendency if a problem arises is just to throw more caffeine at it. See, that usually fits it. That's what I've noticed. It like, doesn't work the older you get as well as it used to when I was in college. Whenever I get sad, just take a scoop of pre-workout, oh, you know? I mean, hey. there's probably some deeper things there, but we don't, we don't have time to dive into that today. We also have Kiera. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you, Drew? I'm good. How, how do you feel about caffeine? Are you for it? I love it. I am feeling a bit of conviction about it lately, though, um, because I am definitely addicted to it, and I know that I should. Yeah, be. one of the common lies we should talk about <laughs> is the fact that Christians are like, oh, it's okay to drink a million cups of coffee and be addicted to caffeine, but it's not okay to be addicted to any other drugs. Mm. Uh, but that's but another podcast. Delicious. That's a little too convincing. So <laughs> we're just... not ready to talk about that yet. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're not quite there yet. That's true. Um, yeah, I, I am. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into that, that later. <laughs> we are going through, and uh, I do love coffee, though, guys. Man, so delicious. So Preach. thankful for that. Um, so uh, we are uh, recording uh, a podcast this summer while you know everyone's scattered to the four winds at Georgia Southern. Uh, a few of us here still here in town are going through Nine Common Lies that Christian Believes. This awesome little orange book by Shane Pruitt. It's really a great book, honestly. It and is. And for the listeners that haven't read it, I fully recommend you reading it. It's a good book to read, man. Like, here's the deal. Foundationally, we need to be reading scripture every day as much as we can. But you get to a point in your Christian faith, and I'd say especially once you get to college, uh, you're already reading a lot. It's worth reading something that's going to help grow you in the long term. In your yeah, and in, in in knowing and doing uh, the work of the kingdom. And uh, this is a great book. It's actually got tons of theology in it, even though it's such an easy read. What I love about it is, you know, he cites it with Bible verses, you know, and stuff like that. Like he makes a point, almost like the then, Bible is foundational. I know, right? Like, who would have thought? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah. 
Well, this is an aside, but a valid point that all authority is derived, right? So everything Shane's saying here, he's backing up with scripture because Shane doesn't have any authority to stand on except what God said. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that's the same thing for what we're saying here. Anything we say, you know, check against the word of God. And, uh, you know, if you don't trust what we're just saying, default, um, because we don't know what we're talking about. We're, we're, you know, we can mess up. So, that got real deep real fast from coffee addiction to talking about us messing things up in the Word of God. But let's dive in. Let's this go. week, we're in chapter five. The common lie is this week, follow your heart. Uh, man, this one's popular in our world, isn't it? Uh, have you guys heard this before? And, and have you f- believed it before that, you know, all you have to do is just just follow your heart? <laughs> um. Yeah, no, I know I have believed it, you know, really up until reading this chapter, um, I kind of was like, you know, my heart will lead me, you know, Jesus is in my heart, so. Jesus is in my heart. You know, like. My heart's a boat and Jesus is a little captain. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's how I thought. But, you know, obviously you have to, you know, before you make decisions, you know, you can't just listen to your heart. You know, obviously you have to. I don't, I kind of think about it a little bit. I don't know what that song is, but listen to your heart. It's always what yeah. I think about when I talk about this chapter. Kira, what about you? Follow your heart. You heard this? Believe this? What do you oh, think? Oh, yeah. Both. Heard and believed. Especially when it comes to, like, passion in the future. Like, you just do whatever you feel. You go wherever your heart is telling you to go. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Why shouldn't I drop out of college and go live in a van in the Mojave Desert? <laughs> Exactly, dude. That sounds like a great time. It's leading me. (laughs) Yeah, but... um, Nothing against van life people, but I feel... I love van life people. I feel like my entire Instagram rules and, and like, suggestions have become that. And I love camping, don't get me wrong, but, like, there's nothing in me that wants to live in a tiny house or a van. Are you kidding me? I'm an old man. I like my bed. I like my space. You wake up and there's, like, a waterfall and outside and you're just like, wow, I can't believe this is Earth. So, what you can do, and this is really cool, by the way. So, in Iceland... I'm about to say, yeah. <laughs> in Iceland, they have the thing called the Golden Circle, and it's literally an interstate that goes around the whole, like, Iceland, like, country. So, you can rent a van for, like, <gasps> really cheap and drive around the whole Golden Circle oh my gosh. in, like, 10 days. When we that's, north to that's, the, that's the best Iceland? of both worlds. We could, I mean, I feel like Iceland needs to know about Jesus, but maybe we could just <laughs> go on a fun trip. Too, you know. I would, I'll travel with you two anywhere, though. I've, I've flown with y'all now. Y'all can handle yourselves. I'm James sorry that we derailed, this. <laughs> sorry we derailed this conversation. <laughs> yeah, no, it's okay. Follow your heart. But, but, but this is a great point. Um, and going back to the van life, nothing against van life. I just don't want to live permanently in gotcha. one of those. No, exactly. you're good. I'm all about doing that days. for a vacation. Yeah, yeah, I can do anything for a few days, man. Um, <laughs> that's, what, that's, what, that's what working Centric Kid taught me. I can do anything for a few days. Um, so now that we're fully off topic. Following, <laughs> <laughs> following your heart. Um, I think this is maybe... Partly Disney's fault. Yes. Um, partly um, the the you know the postmodern you know we can define truth as whatever we want to. Partly you know I think y'all's generation particularly is really good about understanding that the world's not as it should be and can help see clearly even things in your own that are not perfect. My generation, millennials for better or worse, thought, thought we were awesome when we weren't. Uh, you guys see even flaws and see things that are broken in y'all a lot faster. Uh, but I think what this comes out of a lot is a lot of more new agey stuff that says, you know, 
there's something wrong with the world with me. And the way to fix that is by looking inward into your heart to leaning into that. And we see this, I think this is in 2005. Shane opens this talking about uh, a graduation ceremony speech by the late Steve Jobs. The speech Jobs gave says this, uh, and in the last little bit has almost become like scripture to some people and speaks into this. This is where he says, no one wants to die. Even people who want to go to heaven don't want to die to get there. And yet death is the destination we all share. No one has escaped it. And that's how it should be. Because death is very likely the single best invention of life. It's life's change agent. It clears out the old and makes way for the new. Right now, the new is you. But someday, not too long from now, you will be gradually become the old and be cleared away. Sorry to be so dramatic, but it's quite true. Your time is limited, so don't waste it living someone else's life. Don't be trapped in dogma, which is living with the results of other people's thinking. And don't let the noise of others' opinions drown out your own inner voice. And most important, have the courage to follow your heart and intuition. They somehow already know what you truly want to become. Everything else is secondary. And so, if you read this, I'll say that there's a lot here that's good and true even. You know, I think he's pointing out some stuff. I think that's where some of this lie gets so uh, tricky um, Shane even goes on to says, man, there's a, there's a, there's a, uh, you know, some good stuff in here that he really liked until that last little bit, because ultimately what jobs is saying is that, uh, we're all going to die, make the most of your life. Uh, and the most important thing for you to do is to listen to your heart and to do what that is. Cause it already knows what's best for you. What's y'all's thoughts on that? I mean, being pretty much raised by Gen Z culture, it, it takes a lot for me to think that that's wrong because, you know, we're all about talking about, um, you know, looking within and you're the only person that you need and there is so much goodness in you if you would just, you know, look within to find it. And so it's like, why wouldn't I look within myself to figure out what I want to do? Um, because for me, um, just as an example... I am going to grad school for psychology now, but before I didn't know if I wanted to do psychiatry, which is like the, the doctor medicine version of psychology, or if I wanted to just stick with, um, like private practice without medicine. And I was like, well, I just need to figure out what I want to do and follow my passion. Sure. So I decided to do psychology. And though that turned out, that worked out for me, if I were to use that for everything in my life, decision-making, I would be in a much different place than I am right now. And so thinking about this, it can really lead to some people in terrible, terrible places, which it already has, for sure. For sure, sure. yeah. James, what about you, man? You know, I am honestly the worst about following my heart. Like, I'll just follow it and then be like, oh, this is going to go well for me. And then it goes horribly. And then I blame God. I'm like, bruh, why would you do this? <laughs> but, you know, I'll, obviously I was just going by what I wanted and I was just being selfish with it. Um, but the truth of the matter is, you know, before we can listen to our own heart or whatever, we have to nourish our heart. We have to fulfill, you know, what we're called to do by essentially just reading the Bible, seeing what it has to say, yeah, seeing how... You know, the Bible can help us live more 
sanctifying lifestyles. Sure. And and you're you're pointing to a reality is that a lot of people define truth by what their heart's telling them to do. Mm-hmm. And that's really bad advice, quite honestly. Um, instead of defining what reality is by the word of God and what God says is true. Um, we're pretty fickle at f- figuring out what actually is good for us. Like you just said, our worst enemies, all of us, is not, you know, other people. It's us. Mm-hmm. Like we sabotage ourselves. We do horrible things to ourselves. We lead ourselves into dark places. We don't need help from other people doing it most times. Mm-hmm. Most times it's us more than others. And how... Oh, I'm sorry, Kira. No, you're good. Go ahead. And how we do that, essentially, or how I do that, I should speak for me, um, by just getting in our own heads. You know, like the smallest, like, inconvenient thing could happen. Like, Kira can knock over a coffee cup, and I would think, oh, my gosh, what did I do to make her need to do that? Mm-hmm. You know, or something like that. And I'll just start instantly blaming me. That's mm-hmm. a terrible example, but I hope my point comes got across. Yeah, I got that. But, um... Yeah, you can almost... There's dangers on both ends. You can either overemphasize your importance or underemphasize the importance of your own heart. Yeah. <laughs> either yeah. way. Exactly. And it's a very slippery slope. Because, you know, once you start analyzing, you know, like, that you're the bad guy in every scenario, then... Then yeah. falls the depression, then falls mental illness, then blah, blah, blah. Or, or on so the other on end so that, you know, you're the hero and everyone else is wrong, not yeah. me. Yeah. You know, I, me being a selfish butthole has nothing to do with that situation. Mm. No, they're the ones wrong. Mm. And that's where the arrogance comes in. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. we were. James mentioned, like, using scripture to help guide what you should be following, what you shouldn't. And I, I remember thinking... I was a little bit confused about the Bible's use of the word heart because sometimes it's a positive thing, sometimes it's a negative thing. And that kind of goes into something that Shane did, which is really helpful. On page uh, 103, he defines what the Bible means by heart. So if you think about it, uh, back then they didn't have modern medicine, so they probably didn't know like what the brain was and what it did and the different parts of the brain and all that stuff. So they just called everything the heart. Certainly. And we, we don't, when we say listen to your heart, that's a metaphor too, because we're not saying listen to the blood pumping organ because all you would hear is boom, 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 boom. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Um, right. And, and a point that you're about to make, and I want you to expand on, but I think it's valid to say a lot of people have to remember that the Bible is not written in English. It's written in Greek and Hebrew. So sometimes words get translated and have some nuance to them that we don't have. Um, and so that's a great example of why heart sometimes is confusing. So go yeah. On. And speaking of that nuance, he goes on to uh, expand upon what they mean by heart in these specific circumstances that we shouldn't be following, which is my feelings, desires, and emotions. Um, and letting that dictate the decisions you're going to make um, and the course of your life and how you're going to act. But in some cases, um, just to put this out there, the heart can be a good thing. And the reason I say that is because, you know, for instance, in Romans 10, uh, 9 through 10, it talks about if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is God or Jesus is the Lord, um, you will be saved. And it is by the belief in your heart that you have been justified. Yeah. Um, And then going back to, I think it's in Ezekiel, it says... When you are saved, God is taking out your heart of stone uh, and putting into you a heart of flesh. And yeah. so it's like 
the nuance between which heart are you following? Are you following your heart of flesh? Or are you heart following your heart of stone? Yeah. And so um, that's, I think a lot of times we have to think, especially as Christians, where we have, we have that back and forth all the time of which heart am I following? Certainly. We don't need to be following the heart of stone. And it's very clear when we're doing that, I think. No, I agree. Mo- and a lot of times you have to examine motives to understand that yeah. too. Um, I think that's a valid point. He says on 103, I really like this. This is how he defines your heart. He says, according to this statement, what's going to lead me is my heart. However, uh, what I'm really saying is that my feelings, desires, and emotions are going to be my guide. And I think we have to recognize a few things real quick with that. Emotions, God made, just like everything else. We all deal with them. Sorry, I'm still not sure about that. Yeah, me either. Siri, I'm not sure about that either. It's all good. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I think we have to recognize that emotions are not necessarily by default negative bad things, but they're not the most important thing, and they're fickle, right? We talked about this an episode or two back. Like, you know, I can be happy or sad real quick depending on my situation. Feelings and emotions and all that and desires can all be, you know, skewed. They can even be good desires that maybe God's placed in you, but how you're handling them and what you're doing and how you're going about them can be wrong. Uh, I think about the example of, you know, well, I just want to get married, so I'm going to like trick this guy into thinking I'm great to help God out. Well, maybe getting married is like a good desire God's put in you, but... If you if if you, you all of a sudden you're actually idolizing that more than you should, and thinking that you need to take it into your own hands, so I think what you're saying is very on point, Kiara. That we're just fickle, right? We're just all over the place, wishy washy, and that's where how he goes into saying we have to, you know, we talk about in other points of scripture, we have to die to ourselves. So we have to die to our heart, what we want, and live in that heart that God gives us, that new life that God gives us. And I would say that's also the common theme found in the whole entire book, saying essentially how we are unstable. We like to let our emotions, you know, guide our thoughts, guide our decision making. And that's just not what we need to let happen. You know, because like like you said, Drew, I mean, you know, we all go through, you know, like 50,000 emotions a day or something sure, like that. Sure, yeah. You know, like we go through all the emotions and... You know, we're really going to let that affect our long-term decision-making. Mm-hmm. You know, why would we do that? Yeah, exactly. We need to build our foundation on something that's solid, something that's firm, something that won't change. And plain and true, that's just the Bible. Yeah, know? exactly. Like, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, yeah. and to know what that is, um, like, I was thinking the other day, I was like, the disciples, like, people that lived with that lived during the time of Jesus had it so much easier than me because (laughs) they were walking with him every day. Like you, it was easy to emulate his behavior because you saw him all the time and you were walking with him, you you know? Mm -hmm. And so that is why it's, and I'm not saying that they had it much easier. They definitely didn't because they were literally oppressed by Rome, but um, (laughs) they, they, the reason that it's so important to read scripture, especially through the lens of Jesus being completely, uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Completely throughout sure. the whole thing. He's, he, he, everything's complete. pointing to him. Oh, yeah. All, all of scripture is about Jesus. Yes. If you look at it through that lens all the time. that Jesus this, is, this is us walking. Jesus centered. There we go. Nice. This is us walking with him. This is us spending every day with him, looking at his character, looking at his, his behavior and following him instead of ourselves. That's the only way we can know 
what to do instead. Like being disciples of Christ, we are committed to being learners about him every day. And so this is how we learn. This is the foundation that we're standing on. Yeah, 100%. And I think we have to recognize that. Uh, Shane goes into this a little bit. He points to Jeremiah seventeen nine, which is what I always think about when we start talking about the heart. It says the heart is deceitful above all things, desperately sick. Who can understand it? And then Jesus himself says this in Mark 7, 21 through 23. He says this from within... Out of the heart of man comes evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, slander, pride, foolishness. All these evils come from within and defile the purpose person. And he's talking at this point about how they're set, like the Pharisees are kind of, you know, uh, kind of challenging him. And Jesus is basically saying, hey, it's not what you it's not like what's on the outside that's going to make you unclean. It's your heart. That's the problem. And then Shane does this really cool thing, I think. He kind of puts it in words like this. He's like, hey, just follow you. I want you to trust this guy and do whatever he says because he's going to be your guide. And he says this. He says, well, yeah, well, tell me about this guy. And he uses this example saying, if, we, if we're if we going to make our heart our guide, this is what Scripture would say. He says, sure, I'll be happy to. This guy, he's really deceitful. Uh, he's desperately sick. Uh, he also produces evil thoughts and has a tendency towards sexual morality. He likes to steal and kill, uh, commit adultery. He's wicked, slanderous, covets things, uh, really prideful. Oh, and on top of that, he's foolish. So yeah, good luck. Make sure you follow that guy and trust everything he says. And when we start looking at it that way, it's like, man, trusting our heart is really dangerous. Mm -hmm. It'll lead us to some bad places. Yes. I mean, you think about Romans one, which is iconic (laughs) where God says, um, I, these people, if you, if you leave them to their own ways, it it just leads them straight to destruction, straight to killing themselves, just all the list that you talked about. And it's like, because God values us and our dignity in the end times, like he's going to, he's going to leave us to that. And he's going to let us to let us destroy ourselves. And that's what he's warning against, especially when we're talking about following our heart. Like, please don't do that. Cause it's going to kill you. It's going to lead you into ruin. Exactly. And I think this goes back to the gospel. Like this is why we need a savior and not a coach. This is why we need a savior and not, uh, you know, a, uh, really good teacher or a really good political leader or a king, like, we need someone to come save us to give us a heart transplant because there's nothing in us that's, you know, going to like produce good stuff apart from a savior coming. And as he told, you know, I've, I've been reading through John and as John three sixteen says, you know, for God's love of the world, he sent his own son. But right before that, he's like, hey, you have to be born again. Or like I was preaching this past Sunday, like we have to walk in the light of Jesus. We have to walk in his ways, not our ways. And a lot of times that's very counterintuitive. That's where this culture we walking in. That's why it makes it hard for especially college students, right? Like you guys live in a culture that really uplifts this. Hey, whatever your truth is, whatever my heart says to do, whatever feels good. Why haven't you? What like, why not do this? But ultimately what it is, and I think he uh, Shane points out this at some point in here. He says, you know, we ultimately get enslaved to our feelings and our desires. We get enslaved to these things, to this sin, instead of walking in freedom of life. That's another thing um, as far as, you know, reading the Bible and listening to the truth goes. In our culture, uh, well, Monacare is a generation entirely. They like to take certain verses out of the Bible out of context completely and, you know, throw that back at our face and mm-hmm. say, oh, so you really believe this? You know, like, well, 
isn't Jesus. I mean, I can't even think of one off the top of my head because I mean, I just I try not to you know listen to that type of stuff. But you know, we just have to cons- constantly remind ourselves, you know, quit taking the Bible out of context, please. Yeah. Well, and yeah. I think I think you're right. I think to a lot of this following your heart that we see on campus and in our world is the outflowing of what's in their heart. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like what, uh, it's like what we were talking about in Portland. We saw some interesting weird things in Portland, but it was an outflowing of what's in their heart. They are just lost. And if you don't know there's hope and, and, and Shane points this out towards the end of this chapter that we need a heart transplant. Um, and to remember that ultimately, um, you know, we like sin reigns in the world is the most natural thing for us to do to follow our hearts into sin. And that's why we need a savior who's going to give us a heart transplant so that we can have and be restored to life. Because salvation is not about making people do good things. It's about bringing dead people to life. And that's really what this is talking about is that we don't need to follow our heart. We need to follow Jesus because we're very prone to wander. We're very prone to fall away and we're really prone to forget. And, and this will be, let's, we'll kind of wrap this one up a little early this week. But I say this, he says this on 118. He says, the battle is to always remember the truth. When mm-hmm. our hearts try to bow up, desperately wanting to be the boss and leader again, we can know that Jesus is stronger than our hearts. And we see this in 1 John 3.20. It says, whenever our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything. And so ultimately, I would say that that's what we're called to do is that we're called to not trust and follow our heart, but to follow Jesus and trust him that he really is good. And even though what he calls us to do seems like it's 100% the opposite of what our hearts are telling us to do, that there really is life in there, even though it doesn't maybe make sense and to trust that he is who he says he is. And what what was convicting for me uh, whenever we talked about this last week was we kind of establish that we don't need to let, you know, our hearts doubt our decision-making, obviously, but we have to let Jesus into our hearts completely. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's just so much easier said than done because, you know, like with me, I want, you know, I don't know, you know, I'm always ready for the new, newest thing, you know, like I want the new ad spots, you know, for example, well, I need to establish, you know, why do I want the new ad spots? Yeah. You know, what happiness is that going to bring to me? And why do I need to let the ad spots take Jesus's spot, yeah. you know, in my heart, kind of, so to speak. Yeah. And there's nothing necessarily wrong with an Xbox, mm-hmm. but if you're, you know, if you're going into debt because of that, or if you're going to not study and do the other thing God's called you to do, or if you just abandon your entire life to go live in a virtual world, well, then all of a sudden you've made it into something more than you're supposed to be. Mm -hmm. I mean, really, this entire book could be just talking about idolatry in all of its different forms. That's true. Yeah, good good point. Any other thoughts as we wrap up today, James and Kiara? Can't think of anything. Guys, following your heart is a constant battle we face every day to trust Jesus is greater than that. But I want to encourage you that we're not going to get it right all the time. We're going to mess up, but God is greater than us. God knows that. He's made a way. So walk and be faithful in the world and where you're at and trust that God's greater than your hearts. Thank you guys for being with us. Uh, We'll be back again next week and uh, can't wait to uh, see you guys again at 108 North. Peace.